0: Hello, my friends. How are you? What are you doing right now? What does it look like outside of your window right now? The snow keeps trying to land and stay where I am. It keeps trying to remain where it should be. On the ground, on the trees, on the cement but the sun keeps denying it. I wish the snow could stay. I miss the snow. I don't remember if I had snow when I was alive, but I don't think I did. I think I was somewhere that was warm all of the time. That was nice, too. In a different way. And then when I became what I am, I traveled to places that were even warmer and far colder. I saw seasons change with different colors. Where I am now, it should be white. My view out my window should be white. Yet it is only gray. If it is this cold, there should be snow. Oh well. Have you gathered, have you understood from my ramblings over the last month that I've left? I've started to wander again on my own. I have. I've left my tower. I don't know whether my plan for world domination, for let's call it what it is, shall we, will go as according to plan or not. But, now that I'm in power, now that I have the upper hand, I've decided to abandon my love. My stranger in the tower. He's done it often enough to me, hasn't he? It's time he understood what confusion and loneliness feel like. If he can. He may be unable to, but let's try. I'll return. Probably soon, but for now I want to explore on my own. I want to find other lost creatures and connect with them again. My stories have suffered because of my misanthropy. Let us find them again. Stories. We can start right now. I have a story. There was a traveler in a land that was far, far away from his home. In fact, he hadn't been home for a very long time. He had grown up in a small fishing town by the sea, where he was born and raised and worked and thrived with a loving family. When he was older, he met a dark-haired woman in town who fell deeply in love with him. She was a beautiful girl beyond question, but... She had a deep sadness to her that matched the grey, rainy cliffs she had grown up beside her whole life. There was darkness behind her eyes and within her, and no matter how hard she tried or how hard her love tried, it could not pass. And the traveler promised her that he would return to her, and they would marry. But he wanted to seek his fortune in the great world. He asked her to come with him. She wept bitterly and refused, for she could not leave her beloved home. She belonged with the ocean and the cliffs and the clouds, she told him. But he promised that in five years he would return, and he would never leave her again. He knew it was a lie. Now, ten years later, he found himself lost in the hills of a strange land. A vast, barren moorland. Well, he wasn't lost there, he knew where he was. He just had no idea where he wanted to go. This is how he liked it. He could find himself, and no one could find him. This is the very nature of running away, and an alluring nature at that. I should know, shouldn't I? Anyway, he was deliberately lost. Not lost himself, but lost to the world. And this is how he liked to keep it. If he was always on the move and no one got to know him for very long, he would always have freedom. Freedom to have the world on his terms. The world was his wife, he had long ago decided, and he would not give her up for anything. He was cold one evening and tired and hungry. It was winter, similar to, as it is now, here for me. Cold, chilling, dismal, but gray. No snow to be found. Which he thought was unusual for this time and place, but he was still grateful for it, for it reminded him of home. The cliffs over the sea, the sound of geese crying, the howl of the wind as it peeled into his home relentlessly. He wondered if his family still lived in that home. But he shook off that thought lest it grow too comfortable in his mind, and he decided to search for some sign of life. Sticking to the roads, he was sure to find something soon enough. A town, an inn, even a poor little home. Anything would suffice. For hours and hours he walked. He didn't know what time the sun set or what time it would rise. But he knew it was dark now, and he could barely see an inch in front of his face. But he knew where the road was, and he walked it. Mile after mile of road, the frigid cold against his face. He didn't let it discourage him. You asked for adventure, he told himself. This is it. He didn't see where he was going. He didn't care. On he went. Well, eventually his prediction proved correct. He saw a structure, small and humble, bleak and brown on the outside, but the light that shone through from the inside was warm and orange and yellow and dynamic and alive. A rollicking kind of music rang out into the shrieking night air, inviting him in. He made his way towards the door, and when he opened it, He was surprised in such a desolate place to find dozens of happy people greeting him with a cheer and a raised glass. He was surprised since he didn't know a single one of them, but he smiled, hung up his coat and hat and gloves and scarf, and made his way to the bar. He was immediately given a tall drink and offered the best seat by the fire. People came by to hear tales from the traveller. A few of them danced with him. A dog even slept happily on his feet, warming them. As he sat there, he drunkenly and dreamily admired the painting that hung above the hearth. It was a lovely landscape of a range of bluffs that lay before a tumultuous body of water below. Like the cliffs from his hometown. Very much like those cliffs, he thought to himself... "'wondering if it was in fact a painting of home. "'This party,' for he assumed he had stumbled upon a celebration of some kind, "'seemed to go on all night, "'and he couldn't help but doze off in front of the fireplace. "'When he woke, the traveler was surprised to find "'he'd apparently slept through the whole day, "'for the sky was dark again outside.' He was also surprised to see that most of the people from the night before were still there. Not all of them. Overall, there were fewer people. But they were still enjoying themselves. The dog may not have been there to warm his feet again, but one of the girls he danced with the night prior. In fact, he had danced with her a few times, taken by her joyful eyes and playful smile. She was there again, and she presented him with a drink, and they danced again. A few of the friends he'd made were still there. He intended to leave that morning, but he'd slept through the entire day, so he decided one more night wouldn't hurt. He laughed, he danced, he drank. And if he didn't know himself better, he thought he might actually be falling in love. With the young woman who kept dancing with him, sure, but also with the tavern itself. With his new friends. With the fire. With the painting of home. With the sweetness of the ale. With how alive and at home he felt when he was in it. Before he knew it, he was asleep in the same comfortable armchair by the fire once more, with the sound of laughter and the feeling of a soft hand holding his. He awoke again the next night. The sky was dark. Now there were only a handful of people in the tavern. A few friends from before, but not all of them. The barkeeper, of course, and the girl he had now decided he couldn't live without. All night they danced, drank, and laughed. He barely noticed that the music wasn't quite so energetic and that the fire wasn't quite so warm and bright tonight. But the girl with the sparkling eyes and playful smile held him close and kept him warm. When he asked her name, she merely laughed. When he asked if she lived in town, she kept dancing. And when he asked if she had any family, she excitedly begged him to tell another story. Another night had passed with his barely noticing, and he fell asleep again, and he didn't wake again until the next night. Now he was a little concerned. Three days had passed in the same place, and tonight the fire was lit, but there was no one in the tavern. No dog, no customers, no bartender. The traveler stood from his armchair looking around in a bit of a panic. Will you dance with me, my love? He heard a voice say from behind him. It was the girl with the joyful eyes. Though music seemed to faintly play from some unseen source, he agreed and danced with her. He would have done anything for her. The darkness had spread into the tavern and it was cold now, the fire struggling to stay alive. He didn't pay any of this any mind until he realized they'd been dancing all night yet again, the girl smiling and laughing. Finally, after several hours had passed, he held her hands and somberly told her that he must leave tomorrow. She may come with him if she wanted, but he must leave in the morning. And for the first time, that playful smile evaporated. He could hear an outer latch on the door falling, locking itself from the outside. The fire went out. The wind outside howled, and suddenly, heavy snow began to fall outside of the windows, immediately piling itself up. He could see the snow gathering outside so high that he knew he wouldn't be able to leave. In fact, it looked like it was at least three days and three nights worth of snow, which he somehow hadn't seen. And when he turned back to the girl, she had turned away from him. When he wasn't looking at her face, he suddenly found that he had absolutely no recollection of what she looked like. Did she always have dark hair? He didn't think so before but now as she stood looking at the landscape over the mantel, he realized there was a familiarity to her after all. He heard the soft sound of weeping. She bowed her head and placed it in her hands. He went to her as the crying grew louder and placed his hands on her shoulders. Suddenly she shrieked a sound so loud and piercing like the sound of the wind over the highest peak of the tallest, coldest mountain, throwing her arms out to the sides and opening her mouth wide. He fell to the ground, his ears ringing as the sound of breaking glass surrounded him. Several lamps and glasses broke, the windows were intact. When he opened his eyes and sat up again, she was gone. And he walked to the fireplace to try and warm himself, since he was now shivering. But he couldn't help but notice something. The painting. The cliffs that overlooked the roaring waves of the sea below and the town beside it. Looking at it, he knew for certain now that it was home. And he wept. How did he know? Because the small but tragic image of a dark-haired girl stood on the very edge of the rocks, looking out sadly, her dress billowing in the wind. She had waited for five years, and then she could wait no longer. He was trapped in that empty tavern snowed in, There was some canned food, some salted meat, lots of ale, some firewood. But even with all these necessities, when he was found five years later, he was raving and delirious. He only wanted to go home, crying like a child for home and for his love who had waited too long for him. I met him once in that very town, But, more importantly, I met her on the cliffs. She looked out, waiting, but no longer weeping. In fact, she was smiling. For you see, he only had his hometown for a small number of years after that incident. She would be able to have her home, her land, for all of eternity. Or however long spirits decide to wander. I do hope she decided to wander. She wandered far enough to find him, after all, in that ghostly tavern. I hope she's still wandering. And I hope she's still dancing, with or without him. Now I must wander too. Perhaps I will see you along my travels. Good night, friends. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to episode 47 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is Kristen, your host, writer, friend extraordinaire. I hope you've been having a lovely 2019. How is it going so far? Have you been sticking to your resolutions? I haven't been perfect, but that doesn't mean I should stop. So, um, here is your healthy reminder that even if you break your resolutions here and there, they're still inherently good and you should keep trying. I know I will. Anyway, down to business. A huge thank you this week goes to Fat Ben who supported the show by buying us three coffees on our coffee page. They also wrote, Love your stuff, dude. Thanks so very much for your generosity. I'm so happy to hear you're enjoying the show. If you too want to buy us a coffee or three, please visit our coffee page at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. Also, you can find us on Patreon, where if you become a patron of the show for any amount a month, you can have access to the soundtrack. It's a private playlist that's updated with every new episode that's released, so it's going to be constantly growing. Like I said, if you pledge any amount, $1 or more a month on Patreon, it's all yours. I'm going to be looking for more ways to get some goodies to Patreon patrons, so check us out there at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, and on our Facebook page. Write me anytime; I love to hear from people who are listening to the show. On that note, you can also write a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podknife, or any other place you'd like to. That would be a huge favor to me, and I will likely shout you out on social media and here on the podcast. If you want to support us in a different way, give us a listen on Radio Public, where every listen works towards your podcaster being paid for their work. Free for you, good for me, it's just, it's just good. It's good. Finally, if you want to listen to more of me but want to hear me being ridiculous and watching retro TV, have a listen to the new podcast, Oh Boy, It's Kristen and Leet. My friend Lee Stetson and I are watching Quantum Leap and podcasting about it. It's quite silly and fun, so give it a listen. Thanks again for listening this week. I hope you're doing well. Take care, friends.